What is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. Today is Wednesday, February 1st. You're listening to episode 175. I'm your host, Brooks Barrett, and joining me, as always, my guy, Dustin Wimmer. This week, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. We got Texas Tech's 2023 football schedule. We'll do another little draft between me and Dustin on Big 12 football schedules. And then we finally have some Texas Tech basketball victories to discuss. It's about damn time for that. And to catch everything we are doing here at Tailgate Talks, we're dropping episodes every week. You can follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five stars, five stars for the Tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, please leave us a review. Also, follow our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at Tailgate underscore Talks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, but we do most of our posting and interacting on Twitter. You can also follow our YouTube channel where we post clips from each week's show. Last week, we did a draft of 2000 to 2015 songs with R.C. Maxfield. He chose uh, the draft topic and everything like that. We posted that on the YouTube. You can catch everything we're doing there, so subscribe to the YouTube channel. And also email us with any questions, comments, or anything you have for the tailgate at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Dustin, last week we had R.C. Maxfield on to discuss basketball, and last week we had very little hope with the basketball program, but you headed into your most winnable game of the season on the road at LSU, and then you followed that up uh, with Iowa State, and so we get to come to you guys this week with a couple wins in our back pocket. Dustin, what is it? before we, did it. we go into the game, what does it feel like just to have some Texas Tech basketball W's? I don't know. I haven't felt like this in almost like a year. For basketball wise, so it's great. It's a great feeling to be back. And we got two in a row now. We're streaking a little yeah. bit, getting hot. Don't let tech get hot. So it's amazing, man. Yeah, it feels really it feels good. Great. Uh we've been, you know, if you've been paying attention to our Twitter, we've been hopping on some of these uh post game nation Twitter spaces and uh, just got so super tired of hopping on after losses. So it's been refreshing to hop on after wins. And so the wins that Texas Tech got, the first one. Uh, was on Saturday in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Uh, we beat LSU, not a good LSU team, but we finally got back in the win column with a much-needed win there. We're just going to kind of skip right through that one. Not much to talk about other than Elijah Fisher played 22 minutes, had some solid minutes. That was cool. was really nice to see. But the game of the week and the game of the year for the Red Raiders came on Monday night against the Iowa State Cyclones, the number 12 ranked Iowa State came in to the USA, beating us 34 points earlier this season uh, and looked like they were yeah. well on their way to doing that again. And then all of a sudden yeah. things changed. Um, I kind of went back and rewatched it and, and took some uh, timestamps. We were trailing by 23 points with 13 minutes to play. We trailed by 21 oh. points with 10 minutes to go, Dustin. And somehow, Jeez. somehow the Red Raiders find a way to come all the way back, knock off 
Uh, number 12, Iowa State, get their first Big 12 win of the season, get the program's largest comeback in history, um, and really just an incredible, improbable comeback. So, Dustin, let's just start. Let's start talking about this game, this incredible comeback. What were your thoughts on uh, the improbableness of that comeback on Monday night? What a wild, wild game. I was about ready to quit watching, go take a shower, get in bed early. Yeah. You know, it was at about that 10 or 12 minute mark. And it's like, I think I had even <laughs> tweeted out that Iowa State doesn't even need to score yeah. it again. They were at 59 points. So, like, there's no way we can get to 60. And I was 60. like, damn right. He's right. <laughs> well, we had 22 points in the first half, and it was the same old story of how crappy we look everywhere. We let Caleb Grill hit, like, different. eight threes on us. God, dude. Hold on. All right. Side tangent. Can we ever in our lives guard the white shooting guard on any team? Just once. We're not even remotely close Just to once. them. He, all of them. We do it against them, West Virginia, Kansas. If you have a white shooting guard, play him against us because he'll drain some threes. Yeah, at some point it's not a coincidence that every single guy goes off when they play us. No. Like, I see some people like, man, people just seem to get hot when they play us. I'm like, it's not coincidence. Uh, every shot he had was like open. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's the thing. We weren't even close. But anyways, back to – Good stuff. Good stuff. This comeback. Ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how with you're you're still down twenty one with ten minutes left. Hell, you're still down five with forty seconds yeah. left. Like forty five seconds, you're still down five. I mean, yeah, you have the momentum and you're you're kind of making it happen, but I don't know what switch they found to flip. Yeah. Cause it was amazing. We went on like a twenty to four run or twenty two to four run. I remember seeing on the bottom line at one point in that, like from like to the 12 minute period towards the end of the game. Yeah. Like you said, like, I don't know what switch they found, like the whole half court press or not three quarters court press with Jalen and Lamar Washington was amazing. They were doing great work. Yeah. Let's, and, I kind of want to pause on these two yeah. guys and specifically Jalen Tyson, because whatever oh, version he switched into there, what happened? I was I don't like, know. who is this guy? Um, Amazing. That's what we were. That's what everybody yeah. was hyping up all off season. It's like, oh, y'all got to watch out. He's done so much and this and that. And then we haven't really seen it. Very short spurts. But like, this was by far the best we've seen. Yeah. If you get that version of Jalen Tyson every game moving forward, like when he's on the court, like you're a pretty good basketball team because that dude completely changed the game. Like he came, he came out, had that energy, yeah. got that oh, steal and yeah. the and one and. Dude was just fired up. He had that foul. Like, I think it was like two possessions. He, he like yep. uh, fouled a guy and he Down was like, sideline. he was so pissed. I was just like, I love this. I love this. Is he there? Like at the, I think it started overtime. He was just like about to get beat and just grabbed yeah. the dude or he was just kind of pushed him. It was definitely a foul, but he was, but he was just yeah, like, I just loved whatever energy he had. And then, and then the other key piece of that, that you mentioned Lamar, Lamar Washington uh, was the other Ooh. key contributor in like changing the defense and then also getting some easy buckets. Yeah. He's by far your best overall defender. I mean, you can say, you know, on ball, it's either Harmon. I'd either throw in Fisher with on ball. Yeah. No, with his length. Um, Tyson's a good all around defender also, but Lamar's by far your best overall with help side, backside, pressing, 
man to man. I mean, he's size, your, his size um, and like stacks up yes, there too. Like strength, yeah. big time. And like, and then you had you know Harmon with zero points in the first yeah. half comes out and I don't know what when he scored all these points, but I want to say it's got to be within the last like ten minutes yeah. during this big stretch. Yeah. He had 16 and started to play ISO ball. I was ball shocked he only had 16 because it felt like every time we went to him and he got a bucket. Like oh, I was ready to send a tweet out of like, well, I'm not going to tweet it just so something bad, but like to text you guys, like I'm sick of seeing him play of like holding the offense up kind of deal. But then second half in that last 10 minutes, really, we'll call it fourth quarter. Um, we went fast. We let him play loosey-goosey out there, fast, do whatever, don't run set plays, like, and it worked. Yeah, and I thought <laughs> – We've been trying to say that all year. I thought the announcer <laughs> made a good point at one uh, one time. He was like, you can get hot from threes, you can get hot from there, but he's like, Davion Harmon's gotten himself going. Like, he's dri- like driving the basketball. He got, like, so Driving. He was just yeah. getting wherever he wanted to on the court. They couldn't defend him. They were fouling him. He was getting to the free throw line a lot. Dude, he'd get in the lane yeah. and do a pump fake here, rotate, pump fake here, step through, maybe another pump fake, fill, fade away. Like, make the shot. His footwork like, and fakes are just amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. For, then, for the frustrations that I've had with him this season, like all of a sudden it just kind of came. It was just it, it, the yeah. way he plays that ended up being like the perfect game for him. Well, yeah. And like we've been saying most of the year, just watching it, like, the best version of him offensively is out in the open, Go. running, and just going. Don't get in set pieces and half-court yeah. offense and slow it down and, for him. And the other key part of that That's was you throws. didn't have two bigs. You just went Kevin O'Banner down the stretch. And yeah. so when you're running pick and rolls with them, it was like Kerwin Walton or Damarian Williams or Tyson, the other guys yep. outside, and – uh, O'Banner was the only other guy inside, so no he had all the room to work with, and it worked out fantastic. Yeah, Bacho didn't play any second half. I know there's some people kind of commenting on that, but with how he's played during most of the conference, I could care less yeah. about that. And yeah, you found your better your better lineup is playing, you know, these four guard forwards, and O'Banner's your your big quote unquote, and then you just got to try on yeah. on your rebounding and defense better. And, and it worked. I mean, you were getting rebounds for the most part that fourth quarter. And so, yeah, sometimes you didn't, uh, but those were like, you were playing good defense and they were missing three so bad that the threes were just like bouncing way far out. And like some of those you can't help. Like that's just like, no, um, that's just like they were breaking shots. <laughs> last, the last guy you have mentioned on here, I was kind of going up the list, Kevin O'Banner. Yeah. You can, Hyping it up for the last couple weeks, reaches two thousandth career yep. point. We knew like the first bucket of the game was probably going to be it. I put a Twitter poll yeah. out there. The majority of the people actually got it right with the layup or the dunk. I thought my options yeah, were good yeah. on there because he only shoots from like four spots, three, <laughs> corner three, layup, top of the free key, throw. free throw, and layups. <laughs> you got to pick yeah. one. Um, and, yeah, Mr. Two uh, K. He had a great game too. And held it together out there. And, you know, like, I don't know, um, made a clutch shot at the end, which we haven't seen him do in a long time with the corner three down five with like 30 seconds left. I think 24 seconds once he made it. That got you within two. Yeah. 
And then, I mean, and then I think he was in on that. He was in on that defensive play. He dove for the ball a yeah. lot of times to help you either get rebounds or cause them to have to scuffle. Offensive rebounds. He was get a jump he got ball. Like I think four free throws just from battling and trying to get offensive rebounds and just getting mugged. I can remember at least twice when we missed a shot. We were already getting back, and they. We're kind of still fumbling around with the rebound, and he would just dive yeah. on it and call something, knock a ball out, maybe a off jump him. ball, or take him a few more seconds to get it out. Like it was amazing the hustle he was. Yeah, putting he in. added I think probably three, three or four possessions at least, and Definitely. that's not even counting just like the free throws that he got off of some of that stuff. Real impressive performance from him. I, one of the key takeaways I had. I, the, Next morning, I was like, I got to rewatch this because I was still like, how the hell did we come back? Yeah. And rewatching it's like, how the hell did we come back? Like you weren't, you didn't all of a sudden get hot making threes. It wasn't like you just got no. bizarrely hot. Like most teams, that's kind of how you explain it. You got to the free throw line. You made them foul. You got steals, got fast break shots. And honestly, when I was rewatching it, I was like, man, we should have won in regulation. Like we should have probably won by a few points in regulation if you make your free throws, if Kevin O'Banner makes that yeah. little bunny layup that he missed, like, Oh, I thought it was over when he missed that. I, I, and that's the other thing like about this comeback. It was so, it's such a bizarre comeback because of the way that you did it. And the multiple times that you're like, Oh, Caleb grill hits another three. That's it. Right? Like it was fun to battle back, but that's it. Oh, Kevin O'Banner misses that bunny layup. Um, we have to foul them and they get two free throws. Yep. That's it. Uh, and then you kept, you know, he hits the three and it's just like you kept fighting and you finally made the winning plays to win the game. And it's just something that you hadn't seen yeah. from this team. So that's what I wanted to, I wanted to touch on it last week, but then we had RC covered a lot of things anyways. So just kind of let it ride out. And now we can kind of talk about it in a different way, but like the reason we've been losing games from what I've noticed, you know, everybody's like, well, we're in these games. We're in these games, you know, when we lost by a seven or six and it's like every game is the same and we can never make that critical stretch of plays to break it from you know six to nine points down to a one possession game or take a lead like we can't do it we did it this time thank god and i was gonna mention like and i can't figure it out what it is with this team like you know you don't have those clutch plays like you don't have that keen evans Give him the ball, he'll make it. Jarrett Culver, yeah. or you know, put Brandon in the corner for a three, or get a defensive stop. Like you've had that so many different things over the years. Like I don't know if with this team, it's just they don't have the experience or the clutchness or the fight in them or like a mix of all that stuff. Like it's just never this team could never put it together. And you need a few of those things to happen to make those comebacks and take leads. And you were finally able to do it. You had the effort steals. You made a lot yeah. of, most of your free throws more than, more than no, them. Normal, more I would than say. They did. <laughs> more than them got rebounds when you needed to, like you finally did all the things you kind of needed to. Um, and that's a huge win for just the psyche of this team. Like you mentioned it last week, like you just need to see the ball go in the hoop. You just need to see a dub get on the board and how to do it. And that's huge for this team as a collective, but also like all these young kids. Like, yeah. all right, that's that last 10 minutes. That's how you have to play to do this in this league. Yeah. So wrap this one up with uh, 
what does this win mean moving forward? Well, it means you're not completely right. dead. Dude, you showed like that life. was the biggest part. And I was getting like, man, I was getting ready to do the moral victory tweet because went yeah, done. Guys, I was getting ready to do it because I'm like, man, like we said, there's multiple moments in that where like, oh, that's where we lose it. That's where we lose it. And now th- this was going to be a good moral victory. Like you're tired of moral victories. But at this point in the season, it's like, well, hey, at least we show we weren't we aren't dead because it looked like you were freaking dead. Like like we're texting yeah. early in the second half. Like what? Like. Is this it for Adams? Like we're, I think I, think I had the, the best tweet of it. I don't know if you caught it. I said I think I'd rather play catch with knives yeah. at this point. Than watch it was like it wasn't fun. I, it was it that was bad. so bad. And then all of a sudden, in 13 minutes of play, like yeah, yeah. crazy. You're not completely dead. I mean, you played and came back against right now the number one team in the yeah. big 12 in Iowa yeah that's State. the other thing thing is this wasn't like a bad team this was a good anybody, team basically <laughs> like technically you can do it against anybody if you're looking yeah. at it that way and that's how this league works you know they always say it like no off days in the big 12 so i hope that changes our psyche of like losers in that locker room to all right hunker down here's what we got to do let's freaking try harder I think that's what it what it came down yeah, to. I'm, like I don't know if this changes your season. I don't. I don't Not think you can really. make the tournament. I mean, there's still a chance, a very small chance, but everything you, you have to go on a crazy yeah, run this second you have half. To win a shit ton of games, and the good thing about the Big Twelve is every game you're playing is actually a really meaningful one. So like that kind of gives you the outside chance, but it at least like shows that this team cares. And maybe by desperation, you figured out some things. There was definitely some things you noticed that right. I'm being, okay, Jalen Tyson and Lamar Washington spearheading this defense. That's something that you can maybe use moving forward. Um, the I, We didn't switch as much. you know. Kevin being the only no. big guy was stuck on the big guys. And our guards were switching. But you prefer your guards switching with guards because they can match up with those guys. And that helped. It's more like a zone yeah. matchup type situation. And those things helped. And then the offense just felt kind of just like – just get it and go. And like, yes. and maybe Davion Harmon kind of now we're kind of seeing, all right, this is what he can be. Can he end up being like that clutch guy for you? Uh, maybe down the stretch in some of these games and whether it's by him getting fouled or scoring or by creating opportunities for somebody else, like you still sh- shot the ball poorly. You need to shoot the ball better. I but- wonder, and I mean, I, we don't know the status of pop at this point, but like when he comes back, let's say next week or in two weeks, I kind of I want to see us not play him and Harmon yeah, together. That's what I was thinking too. Just so we don't have those two small yeah. guards on the floor at the same time. Just interchange them. Like, do it. I mean, you're already subbing so much yeah. anyways, and you want both those guys to play pretty hard and pretty fast. Like, I'm sure that's not. You can figure that out. Yeah, I think I I, I just don't. Maybe to start a game, you play them both, but I really think you got to stagger their minutes a lot. Um, and yeah. I mean, this was just a great example of of why the Mark Adams defense works when you have the length, or like how this team can function when you have guys who can guard multiple positions. Because Lamar and Tyson can switch all of that, and then you know Demarion gave you good minutes, yeah. and Kerwin gave you good minutes, and yeah. and so like all these guys who are lengthy who can kind of guard multiple positions end up being what helps you. Um, and in the first half, you're getting fried because, you know, there was multiple times Davion Harmon stuck guarding the, the post guy who 
gets an easy layup. And so I think desperation found and and I wish it didn't come down to being down 23 to help help this team figure out uh find that fire but you were looking for this team to be alive they found something and you hope that they can ride it out the rest of the season and you feel like better about yourself just knowing like hey if they can come out and play yeah. like that like that's the hope cuz up next you got at Baylor on Saturday at noon and this is the perfect game a great opponent I do not expect us to go in and win at Baylor, but I want to see us play with that same fire. Like I want to see Jalen Tyson looking the same, looking fiery and not have to be down 20 points to find that, you know? Yeah. Take the reins off, take the reins off. A lot of the things that RC said in that interview with him was just throw shit on the wall. See what happens. Like, that's kind of what it felt like. We just threw shit on the wall. Yep. See what happens. And somehow it produced, the biggest comeback in program history to get you that first Big 12 win of the season. Two wins back to back. We'll see if that momentum can, you know, produce positive results this back half of the Big 12 schedule. You have nine games left, um, nine opportunities or 10 games, nine or 10. I can't remember at this point. Nine, nine. You have nine, nine more. more. Um, that was yeah, your halfway was point halfway right there. Point. So you have nine more games. Let's just see. Can you make the second half better? One and eight, baby. One and eight. We're on the on way, way up. up. <laughs> better than 0 and 9, <laughs> that's for sure. Let's see what we can do the second half of the season. And hopefully it produces more wins than losses. Makes you feel a little bit about, better about yourself uh, heading into next season. Doesn't cost so much coaching questions and stuff like that. So, uh, But we'll be here to monitor that uh, through the rest of the season. We'll probably be recording before Tech plays. Um, Oklahoma State next Wednesday. We'll have to figure some of that stuff out with uh, scheduling and stuff like that. I have some work stuff coming up. But um, but we have another schedule that has come out finally. So we are going to go discuss some football, uh, Big 12 football, and our Texas Tech football schedule. <laughs> Texas Tech has a 2023 football schedule, Dustin. Uh, A lot of people were getting tired of waiting. It felt like 84 years. Uh, We were waiting long and long time, and we finally got it Uh, yesterday, Tuesday. The Big 12 football schedule was released, so we're going to kind of dive into that. First off, we're going to talk about the Tech schedule, and then we're going to draft the 14 Big 12 schedules between me and Dustin. The schedules Sweet. we like the most. You can kind of free reign on how you wanted to draft this, but let's go ahead and look at Tech's schedule. So you start off, and these were the games that were known. You start off at Wyoming, and then the big one, uh, Oregon comes to town September 9th um, for the big uh, non-conference game, probably your biggest non-conference game in, in a long time, at least at home. Well, you have Tarleton the next Tarleton week, Tarleton State. And then your Big 12 <laughs> schedule at West Virginia, home versus Houston, at Baylor, home versus Kansas State, one of the newbies at BYU. So one of your first road trip of the uh, for the new guys is BYU, uh, yeah. which will be 
you know, I, I'm curious to see how many Red Raiders make that trip. It's one that I would be circling. That's the yeah. one I had on my list of like, I yeah. want to go to and show the people in Provo how much we can drink. Right. <laughs> that's definitely, and they'd be just like, Oh, that's hey, definitely the road game home? I have like circled. <laughs> Uh, besides the last one, um, November 2nd, a Thursday nighter versus TCU uh, at Ooh. Kansas. Another newbie. I, I, I should have mentioned Houston newbie, but, you know, we play them so often that they don't even feel like they're that new. Right. But the other newbie. And I kind of like that, right. though, that they put them on our schedule. It's in the back. We're used yeah. to it from the last few years here and there. So sweet. Yeah. The other, one of the other newbies coming to town is UCF, our friends over at Sons of, uh, Sons of UCF. Uh, maybe they get to make a trip out here, but that's a fun one. And then you finish off the season on a Friday after Thanksgiving at Texas. So uh, a big one to end the season. So Dustin, your thoughts on the 2023 football schedule for the Red Raiders? Yeah, I like it. Um, do you have that list of who we the teams missed out on? Yeah, so we uh, miss out on the uh, the one newbie we missed out on is Cincinnati, uh, which kind of a bummer because yep. they got your colors. <laughs> we all kind of thought that would be a fun no. matchup. You miss out on Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And then you miss out on the Iowa State Cyclones. So those are the four schools yeah. that you do not get to play this year. Yep. So there's the four we you miss. Everybody, if you hadn't checked the schedule out or know what's going on, we added four new teams this year. They kept the nine-team schedule. So everybody missed on four teams kind of at random-ish, it looks like. Yeah, they never uh, like kind of said like a reason to it. So that Just as a – I do sports schedules for a living. Like seems like a nightmare kind of situation, not having like divisions in a set way. Um, but yeah, our schedule, I like it a lot. Um, the, I'm going to go backwards a little bit here. I like the at Texas Thanksgiving Friday. Yeah. I don't ever like us having to host the Friday and Lubbock game or Saturday Thanksgiving game. I always like that to be an away game. Give it to Texas, give it to Baylor. Yeah. You know, somewhere, hell, give it to TCU because we'll be halfway be there anyways. Like, I like us having an away game for that last game and having Texas that late hype set rivalry up even more. So love that part of the schedule for us. Um, I like our alternating home and away. That's one Um, of the big things I want to talk about. We don't have any back-to-back homes or ways once we get into conference. You have the back-to-back Oregon-Tarleton State. No big deal there. But have alternating – Home and away, once you hit your BYU home, you have a bye week, late bye week. But I, I really like where the bye late. week falls because – I do too. Because you have the bye week and then you have the Thursday nighter and then that's like a another semi-bye week before you play Kansas. Yeah. This year we had the bye week literally like after week six. Right in the middle. So yeah, um, Six that. games before, six yeah. games after. This bye week is late, but you get literally half of your uh, – conference games done and then you have your other four after right before right before tcu like that you know like that's a pretty tough kind of end of the schedule tcu ucf texas you know kansas is obviously on the rise so you got four good teams so that'll be a nice bye week after you have to travel out to byu too yeah so late bye week and then you get the thursday at home against tcu they also have the bye week that week as well so a mini bye for you, I guess you could say, 
but I don't hate that. Um, I know a lot of out of town people probably hate it. Yes. I didn't really get flustered by it being the Thursday game, yeah. but I'm also in Lubbock. So it doesn't really affect yeah. me <laughs> to be uh, determined on where I'll be at that, that time. <laughs> will I still be here? Right. Will, I still, will I be in Lubbock? Um, Hopefully in Lubbock. Yeah. You got the Oregon big home game. I did like, Oh, so I mentioned to you, like in our schedule thing, like I looked at some weather factors in these. We have a weather game. UCS coming here in late November. Yeah. That's a weather game for us. The South Florida kids coming to Lubbock. I mean, it's freaking past halfway of November. Yeah, our friends man. over at Sons of UCF asked. I was like, <laughs> I mean, Lubbock is such a. It could be it 70. Could be perfect. It could yeah. also be 20 and cold as hell like it was pack this year for like you're going to antarctica and pack like you're going to the desert pack for both maybe bring shorts <laughs> <laughs> so like usually you don't get a weather game because you know you just don't have these teams that are that right, far yeah, everybody's kind of similar our climate. region in that time so like sweet we got a weather game so it's kind of all the notes i had i know some other people were upset we didn't have the oklahoma state pseudo rivalry or wannabe rivalry game in there like i don't i could care less i kind of agreed with that i you know more on the future big 12 like i you know i think i'm i'm one of those fans who want to kind of peddle that as like this could be one of the best rivalries of the future big 12 once we get ou and texas out of here so you'll get to play i definitely would have liked to see them over like west virginia like um i like i definitely don't care about having west virginia on our schedule um, I do like that Kansas State's home. Um, so, I, you know, I really don't have many gripes on this schedule other than the West Virginia. No. But the West Virginia, the way we played them, like I feel like that's a, a W. And you're – like you mentioned West Virginia. You're at West Virginia week four. I always hate going to West Virginia because it's so far, really. And it's not easy to get yeah. to. Like you got to go to an airport and then drive like two more hours. But it's after the Tarleton game, so you're not going to spend a ton of effort on that Tarleton game, really. So you can really get ready for this big travel and first conference game on the road there. So that's kind of nice. Oh, you did uh, – I didn't want to mention potential weather game, but not really. We got lucky to at BYU game October 21st because you catch BYU, like Oklahoma's catching them in – the second to last week, that's going to be rough in Provo, Utah. You know, that's also one of those potential weather trap yeah. type places. So I think we got lucky there too, catching them like in the middle of the season. Yeah. But ultimately, a pretty nice looking schedule. I think it is a pretty difficult schedule. Like you've got the obviously reigning Big 12 or reigning team that went to the national championship in TCU. You got the reigning Big 12 champ, sure. Kansas State. You got Texas on the schedule. You've got, you know, teams who have been really Oregon. good, like Baylor, BYU, UCF on the schedule, up and coming Kansas and uh, Houston. Like, that's a pretty tough schedule. And then your, you know, non conference isn't like super easy at Wyoming. First game of the year, like to be on the road at a school. Big travel, too. Yeah. Big game for Wyoming. And then, of course, Oregon at home. Like, that's the game. Like I like it'll, it'll be, just be cool to have Oregon in the stadium and see whatever jersey combo that they're wearing for that game. Oh um, yeah, and Tyler Shuck revenge Tyler game. Revenge game. That's that is for sure. Uh, I, I like honestly, I forgot that he played at Oregon. <laughs> 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 I was like he's he been was there so for long, a hot but, minute. 
But that is your Texas Tech 2023 schedule. Fun to have that. Nice to be able to know the dates, maybe plan some trips. That BYU one definitely looks enticing now that Texas Tech. Yeah, I'd have to plan, I think, BYU first. Yeah. Maybe the, I don't know, Wyoming that early would be pretty nice, I bet. You know, and early September, I bet that'd be beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I bet so. But I think I'd prefer... (laughs) The trip that I would make would be the BYU one, uh, just because it's our yeah. first opportunity to do it. And with the scheduling and stuff like that, you don't know when the next time that you'll be going back there will be. So right. I think that's the one I got to circle. But also you don't know what next year's schedule yeah. look like and if we'll have the same teams yeah. or not. It's all up in the air. And there might be new teams. Who knows? Who knows? That too. Uh, but we also thought it would be fun since we do have all the schedules and we got a nice tweet from the Big 12 with every single team's football schedule that we – Oh, did you see? So, like, every team posts, like, their own schedule release kind of yeah. deal. Tech had a sweet one. Um, I can't remember which one of the new teams. I think it was Houston. They had a sweet one with, like – cartoons and then us was like a, a tortilla factory shooting tortillas nice. out they had a good little cut up of it texas and oklahoma did not have videos and just retweeted the big yeah. 12 release oh you texas uh yeah they, yeah they had like one of their um media outlets do like a whole schedule thing with like gifts so their official but it wasn't their official account yeah yeah well Okay. Yeah, oh, you didn't even post our like actual sk- like most of our Big Twelve schools posted like their own little, you know, graphic. Yes. And oh, you didn't even post Graphics. that. We just got right on with it. Nope. Yep. I just wanted to point that out. Pretty yeah. interesting. The two teams leaving or putting in as much as little effort as possible. Because going through what we we did for our next one, I had to like some of the logos were so small in there. I had to go like, all right, what was Kansas's schedule? Who is that? Who is that university? Like that's on their schedule right there. I don't recognize that logo. Uh, some random ones in there, but so we had, a, you know, we're in the drafting mood. It's been fun to do this draft. It was fun last week with RC. So this week we're going to draft big 12 schedules. Um, that's every team in the big 12, their full slate uh, of scheduling, um, so we are going to go through and draft all 14 teams, seven teams apiece, uh, and have some fun with that. Who knows what the criteria was for why you're drafting the teams as high as you might be, or low. this is the criteria. Uh, Dustin has a lot. <laughs> Dustin has a lot of stuff there. So, uh, I have a full like color coded Excel doc with lots of different stuff on it. So we're going to move over to there and Dustin, I thought since the last time you and me did a draft, I got first pick, I think like it'd be right for you to go ahead and start this off with the first pick okay. tonight. Uh, and so I was going to use the uh, rankings from last week's shot bet draft and I beat you out right, there. So, yeah. Either way, either, either way, way. <laughs> we're going to go, we can go one, two and you get three. Yeah. Snake it. it like we typically do on this show. So Dustin with the number one overall pick of Big 12 2023 schedules goes to. I am going to be a be a homer and take the Texas Tech schedule. All right. It wasn't my top tier, so I'm going to go ahead and just take it, get her out of the way, take the home schedule. We get, like I said, Oregon at home, no back-to-backs. Texas at Thanksgiving down there. Love it how it worked out. All right, so Texas Tech. 
first off the board for Dustin. My first overall pick, I'm going to go with Texas Christian University. I'm going to go with TCU. I like their schedule. They get the very first game of the Deion Sanders era at Colorado. That was a big, big plus for me. I like their uh, home schedule. They, They have Texas at home. They have Baylor at home. Um, they have BYU at home and then, you know, road games, they have some fun ones in there with us, Kansas state, uh, and Oklahoma. So I think it's a pretty solid schedule, yep. a lot of good fun teams on there. Uh, and then, you know, Colorado last year, this would have knocked it down, but the whole Deion Sanders factor adds that one up a lot. And then, yeah, they're still probably not going to be that good, but it'll still yeah. be a watch. Definitely a game to watch yeah, for him. Definitely. All eyes will be on Dion in that program. And second, I'm going to go with another Texas team that we do not like, but I'm going to go with Baylor as my second pick. Mm, I've been in why top tier as they well. have four home uh, road games this year. Right? Four. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four home games to start the four season. Home games to start the season. They have Texas State, <laughs> Utah, Long Island, Texas to start the season all at home. Long Island's that one? <laughs> I couldn't even figure yeah, that out. I had out. to go to their Twitter page <laughs> to going. see what team that was. <laughs> um, but yeah, four home games to start the season. They're only road games. They have some cool ones, right? They have two road games at the Newbies. They have UCF and Cincinnati. They have Kansas State and TCU on the road. Uh, but they have you know Utah, Texas, us, Iowa State, Houston, West Virginia, mm-hmm. all at home. Like that's a schedule I would love. I would love to have eight home games, Dustin. So I I have to take that one. Yep. Yeah, good pick. Is in my top tier of of ones I wanted there. I agree with that. Four home games to start a season is just mind boggling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. I, I like keep and thinking eight, I made a mistake on that. <laughs> yeah, eight total home games. We thought. Having seven last oh, yeah. year, and a few teams in here have seven was a lot. They have eight home games. Like, wow, make that money. All right, Dustin. So the fourth overall pick, your second overall pick. I have three teams left in my top tier, so obviously I can take two of them here. I'm sure you'll take another one of those. So where do I want to go first? Hmm. Trying to read through all my amazing right. notes that I have, you know. Yeah, I'm like, man, this Excel is a little too big to fit on this little half. We'll go. Screen. We'll go Oklahoma State okay. first. Um, they have an early buy, but then followed up by, yeah, home games against Kansas State and Kansas. So that's pretty sweet. Um, they're only back to back away games are late at UCF and Houston. I don't see that as that big of a problem. Um, for them, so I think they kind of got a fairly easier schedule as well. Yeah, definitely. They had like when I I kind of did a ranking of what I thought was like toughest, easiest schedules. They have the easiest. Yeah, I wouldn't even try that. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my they god, like the easiest road <laughs> schedule I think out of anybody in the conference. Yeah, um, and they they have a fairly not super difficult home schedule, so. Yeah. All right, you follow that up um, with your third pick. I'm going to go – it's going to be based off of this. That doesn't matter. That's not going to matter. I'm going to take Houston as my other one. 
Houston, they have another early bye. Um, but they have some pretty easy games early, I feel like. UTSA, not easy, but they're way better than them. Rice, a TCU game thrown in their week three, and then Sam Houston, Tech. And then coming off the bye, they have two back-to-back home games also. So that's pretty sweet. And then, like, your last week of the season, which could be, like we've mentioned, like I've mentioned, like potential bad weather games. Nope, they get to go to South Florida for UCF. So that's pretty sweet. So I like theirs. Not too hard. Um, Good ending with UCF down there. Um, One little thing they got screwed with is they do have two teams coming off their bye when they're playing them. There's two teams in here. We'll see if you have the other one um, that get two buy games from teams. I don't think I went into like that part, but my next pick is going to be West Virginia, and I've got them. Oh, I've got them top of my like fun schedule like rankings because fun they've schedule. got Penn State um, and Pittsburgh. That's a is is that Penn State or did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I missed that somehow. I was distracted by the Duquesne yeah. logo. So they got Penn State and Pittsburgh. Um, oh, yeah. So, Good pick. I missed that on Penn so State. So this is obviously not for like easy schedule ranking <laughs> because I think they have a really brutal schedule. But, you know, Penn State, they got the big pit rivalry, which was a really fun game Dude. last year. And then they got the added rivalry that they've had with Cincinnati. They get that game at home. Uh, so that's a pretty good Sweet. one. And then, you know, they get two trips to the newbies. They get to go to Houston, UCF. Um, and then the other home games, you know, you got us, Oklahoma State, BYU come to town. You go to OU, go to Baylor. Um, so I think that's a pretty fun a pretty fun schedule for them. Lots of <laughs> loaded with lots of really good teams. So that's something to watch. Yeah. And then I'm going to go with BYU. For my next pick. All right. You left me my other top tier. Thanks, right, man. No Anyways, going to the like, BYU schedule. Yeah, I like BYU's schedule. Oh, they were low on my list. I like theirs. They get to go to Arkansas, so it's always nice when you get to go to, you know, it's fun yep. to go play an SEC team, kind of see what you're, um, what you're stacked up against. But I think they have some fun. You know, they have us at home, so I think that's why I <laughs> probably teared them up a little bit. Uh, they also get Oklahoma to come to town. That's fun. And they go to Texas. So like they're one of the kind of newbies who has, I know like I did this kind of from a newbie standpoint, I knew they wanted to have Texas and Oklahoma on the schedule before they're gone and they get to play both of them. Um, and so that is kind of one of the factors, uh, to me. So they get to play like the tough, they do have a tough stretch. They get a tough stretch there with Texas and West Virginia back to back. I always hate having, I always talked about this having West Virginia on a set, the second of a back-to-back yeah. that's, that's rough but this is obviously I, I'm not doing mine like on easy and stuff like that I'm doing it on like sure. what I find fun and I think like they've fun. got a lot of the games that I would have had circled as a newbie coming into the Big 12 and they've got them on the schedule so I think that kind of uh I think BYU fans got to be uh kind of happy about that yeah so I'll circle back around. The team I wanted left, and you left it to me, Cincinnati, one of the newbies. Yep. They get also the Pitt game. So we have a little trifecta yeah. there with West Virginia, Pitt, Cincinnati, three-way Royal Rumble type deal. We should find a way to play like three-way football for them. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, 
they have an early buy and then back to back home games. So like that's pretty sweet. And their first like having Iowa State. Yeah, their first Big Twelve game, Oklahoma comes to town. <laughs> yeah. Getting the first Big Twelve game at home, that's nice. And then you make a big trip to BYU, but then you come back on a bye back to back. So you do have again the back to back away games, Houston and then at West Virginia. That's a little tough that late, but you also end with Kansas, so that's pretty nice. And then I think there's a is there a UCF Cincinnati rivalry kind of deal? Uh, I think there's a little bit of one because they, I mean, okay. they've been in the I same conference. I think there's like a big good Twitter beef between them. Gotcha. I thought there was something. So that's why that was another thing. So Cincinnati gets a bid from me there. Okay. So I got two of the newbies in my list. So Tech, Oklahoma State, you know, Xerox, you and us, two of the newbies. Should make the turnaround. Now I gotta kind of make some some decisions here. The, my middle tier was like tough yeah. to figure out. Like these first like four or five were like, all right, I can go here. This group, not so sure about. I want to go, not them. I don't love any of these really. Don't I wanted that one? Yeah, I wanted TCU. You took them. I'll go Kansas. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Yep. So, yeah. Late bye week, OU after that. So, that's nice for them. No back-to-back road games. Kind of like us. That's a benefit. Illinois is your big game. I mean, it's not like that big. You also have Nevada going there. Not big, but like for Kansas, way to stay in your lane kind of deal. Like don't don't overreach. (laughs) Um, for that. So I kind of just liked theirs. No back-to-backs. You do get Tech and Kansas State at home back-to-back late. So that's a good little plus at the end of the season there. All right. Man, let's see. Where are we? This is the hard part. We're just like, all right. I know. The middle tier is tough. So I'm glad you get to take a chunk out of them. I think I'm going to go with... Ooh, man, this is a tough one. Yeah. I'm going to go with Kansas State here. Yeah, that's who I was deciding between. They got a nice SEC, you know, road SEC game in the non-conference. Mm-hmm. That kind of puts them up there. Home schedule, you get UCF coming to town, TCU, Houston, Baylor, Iowa State. Their road schedule is tough. They have they, they have a very brutal road schedule. They go to Oklahoma. They come here to Lubbock. They go to Texas and at Kansas. Um, so that's definitely a pretty brutal road schedule. But, I mean, as a Kansas State fan, you just won the Big 12. Um, yeah. You know, you're kind of up for the challenge, and you've got all the key competitors on your schedule. So I think you're pretty satisfied with that if you're a Kansas State fan. So I'm going to take them. And then, man, who is next for me? Next, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna take Texas. I'm gonna take Texas. They definitely would would not have been there after this next. Year. Um, they have Alabama. They have obviously the Ooh. marquee non conference game on the schedule. Now you know probably gonna lose that, but um, it is as good of a non conference game as you can have. 
Um, they, of course, they always get the Texas Oklahoma, which is one of the best college football rivalries. Uh, most, you know, a lot of people yeah. care about that one. They get us at home, um, get Kansas State at home. And so those are, you know, two big 12 teams that are going to be competing for a title that they get at home. And they're big, you know, road games, Baylor and TCU and Houston. And so they don't really have to travel uh, anywhere. They don't have to travel to BYU, UCF or anything like that. They, they have a pretty yeah. friendly schedule, I think. So we'll go Texas there. Yeah. All right. So three games left, three teams left. I mean, so I got two here and you got the last pick. So I'm going to take Iowa State. Yeah, that was. So they have a late buy at Baylor. At Baylor after that. Um, they do have. Make sure I'm right here. Yep. So you've taken all these other teams that I wanted to point this out of. They do have back-to-back road games, but their bye week is scheduled in between. That's nice. There's a handful of teams that have that. I wrote that down so many different times. Like, oh, back-to-back roads scheduled within yeah. the bye. That's not a bad problem to have. Yeah, a lot of buys when I was so writing this schedule out, I noticed we're right there, smack dab, kind of in the middle of the season for a lot of these teams. Now that I look at Iowa State, I should have taken them last round because so they have that going for them. They also have a weather game. They get Texas at home in late November. Yeah. That's always a problem in Ames to play, especially like a Texas team that far north. Their weather always sucks in. That's usually like when we get to play them. They also have an amazing like location-wise schedule. Like They stay on the north side of the Big 12 for almost all their games. <clears throat> they have to come to Baylor. And that's about it. Like, yeah. Everybody else is going up there. Cincinnati's not far. Oklahoma's not far. BYU, that's just going straight left on the map. You don't even have to come down Kansas any. State. Kansas State's not anything. like They're staying so far north. That's pretty pretty clutch for them. I yeah, think. and they got two big rivalries on there with Kansas State and you know the every year game against Iowa that you know they really care about. So. Oh, Pretty yeah. solid schedule. Oh, yeah. So your last pick, which will leave me with my final I pick. I state there. So, yeah, we got UCF and Oklahoma yep. left. I don't like either of their no. schedules. Yeah, <laughs> I had these at the bottom <laughs> as well. So we were yep. in agreement on that. Yeah, like this is where I would have taken Texas with what you had there. Um, I don't know. Let's just talk through this. Oklahoma, they have – they're the other team that has two – Two teams coming off bye weeks to play them. Yeah, like here's where did. I rank them. Their non-conference sucks. Arkansas State, SMU at Tulsa. That's yeah. Bullshit. I didn't write down any non-con for them. They were pretty weak. UCF. They don't really have anything either, though. Kent State, Boise State, actually. Yeah. Oh, I have that. Duh. I mean, they kind of get a plus there. Um, UCF didn't get really. They have to come to Lubbock for a weather game, so that kind of screws them a little bit. It's like both teams kind of have the same problems going on, yeah. I feel like. Like UCF has to come to Lubbock for a weather game. Oklahoma has two teams off bye weeks. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Who do you want more? You can have them. <laughs> I don't know. You don't, you don't know either? <laughs> I think I'd take UCF just because I'm like, hey, it's a bunch of new teams that we get to play. Meanwhile, I'll tell you, it's just like, I don't know. Same so, story. So like they don't even have a non-conference game to be excited about. Like at least UCF at Boise State. Like that's a cool, that's a fun little non-con game. Um, 
And all right, so I'll take UCF, but not for that reason. They also have Villanova on the yeah. schedule. Where the fuck's Villanova playing football? Is Ryan Archie Diacneo <laughs> coming out there and playing quarterback for them, or what's happening? What the hell? <laughs> that has thrown uh, me off this whole time looking at this grid of the I schedule. Like, what? Because I can't. I know that V. It's very easy to pick out. Like, what the hell is Villanova doing playing football? Yeah, I think I, I have UCF <laughs> higher than OU just because, like, all these teams that they get to play are new to them, basically. At Kansas State, Baylor. At Kansas. At Oklahoma. West Virginia. Yep. They have Cincinnati and Houston, but they get, you know, Oklahoma State comes to town. They get, you know, Lubbock on the road. So I think that's, I mean, that's a fun schedule for UCF fans, I feel like. And Oklahoma yeah. fans, like, I think our, your schedule just sucks. Like if you had any dreams of making any the college other, football playoff, like you lose a game, you're done. Is there any other things you noticed on this schedule? Like I noticed the Texas Oklahoma rivalry game. Both teams have a bye week after that yeah. game, which I think usually happens sometimes before that game. So both teams kind of were like, <laughs> not this time. Yeah, I mean, I noticed like most of the bye weeks are right there, kind of in the middle of the schedule. Um, I noticed ours is one of the later buys. Uh, ours and TCU's, I think, are the latest buys in the conference. Um, and that's right before we play each yep. other. There's a lot of like... And we're the last two to get them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they did a good job of mixing it up really well. Um, you know, and, and I think getting you know, liking ours to where we get, you know, we get three of the newbies on the schedule. That's fun to see. Um, you know, I think for the newbies, a lot of them, you know, get some cool, we'll get cool teams coming to their stadiums, cool road trips. And so I think they did a good job of it. I think. Yeah. I think they did good at mixing the new teams in. I know we got, I haven't looked through the whole thing of like where the new teams go, but it seems like the new teams, Everybody got like three of the four new teams. Yeah, like. and so like BYU, yeah, BYU, you know, I think they get a pretty good schedule. Um, you know, they 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 get Tech, Texas, and Oklahoma, so, you know, that's cool for them. But they get to travel to West Virginia, TCU. Like, they they'll, they have a pretty good, uh, pretty fun games. Like, so all of these teams, like, it's definitely got to be exciting for them to see all these teams on their schedule for up, the upcoming year and know, like, hey, we get to go here. We, um, You know, this team gets to come here. Like, it's going to be fun for UCF to see, you know, Oklahoma State in that building. And, like, that'll be a fun that'll, yeah. you know, that'll be a fun game. And so it's just cool to know the schedule. Good to see all this. It's uh, 14 teams in the Big 12 uh, this next season. So it's going to be a wild one. Um, and what is a really fun conference without the new additions, it'll be even more fun with these teams who have had, you know, all have had recent success in college football. Uh, that's why they got the nod to come join the conference. And so be a weird year. I'm not sure if this is going to be a one year thing or two year thing. Like everything seems like it's hanging in the balance, uh, right now, but, uh, who knows what the future has for the Big 12. But for now, we know what the 2023 season holds. Excited for that. Let us know who you think won the draft. We'll be posting this, of course, on our Twitter. Uh, and then we'll post this short on our YouTube uh, account for you guys to watch. To wrap it up this week, we did have our first ever shot bet draft last week, Dustin. And R.C. Maxfield yeah. brought us 2000 to 2015 best songs. And R.C. won the shot bet. I just think he has 
more people on Twitter that wanted to vote for him. Yeah, um, for sure. So I don't know if it's like, you know, exactly everybody agrees with RC, but he did win. He did win um, yeah. with the most votes. That's how we're going to take it. It was his uh, draft, basically. So congrats to him. Uh, so me and Dustin now owe a shot for losing that uh, shot bet draft. We'll make sure we get that paid off here soon. Um, final shots for this week, Dustin, before we get out of here, what is your final shot for this week? This is not a repeat final shot that we're just replaying. Tom Brady has retired again. So I will cover that like I did last year, you know, almost around this time. It was a little later last year, but the best quarterback ever to do it has retired. His video this time seemed very sincere. I did like how he joked in his video that you only get one like super cool, dramatic goodbye. And I used that last year. <laughs> and he still kind of got a little, little emotional, you know, just thanking everybody and thinking about it. So a little one minute video on the beach, nice way to go out, but best quarterback to ever do it. I mean, he has some all time records as an NFL player. He has the most wins as a quarterback in 242 these are only just regular season records also. Yeah. Most passing yards with 84,520. 84, Most passing touchdowns. Ten Super Bowl appearances. He won seven of them. And in his last, like, I mean, he's 45 years old. His last three seasons, you know, this year he set, he went eight and nine, lost in the first round, still made the playoffs, but set the, Record for pass attempts and completions in a season. I missed that yeah. somehow. Everybody's just talking about how t- crappy the Bucks were. Last year, he was second MVP voting. And then his first year at Tampa, won a Super Bowl. Won a Super Bowl. So pretty good little stretch, three-year stretch down at Tampa. I think he leads Tampa Bay in like all-time passing already. He definitely leads <laughs> Tampa Bay in all-time passing in just three years. That's all it takes to be a great quarterback in Tampa Bay history. Um, There's... So yeah, Tom Brady's finally retired. He also like I saw it broken down, and I've seen it before, but like he has basically three Hall of Fame careers. I saw it like compared today. Like one part of it is better than Troy Aikman's, and the next part of it's like better than Dan Marino's, and I don't know about the third part, but he has three different Hall of Fame careers in his twenty-three seasons. Yeah, and like in his forties alone. <laughs> In his 40s alone, he'd be you like... You said this about LeBron, how much he's played like postseason was. Tom Brady's played three full seasons yeah. of postseason action. It's crazy. <laughs> An extra two months of almost 20 years. Yeah. I do wonder if he has any regrets about coming back for this season. and wish he would just hung it probably, up last season, but... Probably. Just with how his family stuff ended working out. And how the Tampa season worked out. I mean, nothing really went. Can't feel great. Good for Can't him. Feel great. No, because last year, even last so, year when they lost in the but, in the NFC Championship game, it was like or not even NFC Champion. It was divisional, but like he made that incredible yeah. comeback and just got beat yeah. by right. Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford making a great play. That's the thing with him and his legacy is like no one's gonna remember. Yeah, the 2022 Bucks season that he just had. Yeah, <laughs> no one's gonna care. Fells in comparison to the monumental career that he had, and 
Uh, yeah. Played. It's going to be weird for him uh, living a life that doesn't involve playing football, but I'm sure he'll, whatever he does, he'll probably be the goat at it just because that's how he does everything. Now it's kind of like officially, I feel like now that he's gone, it's kind of like officially a change of an era of football. Yeah. You know, finally, I mean, the fact that he's carried out two eras of football. <laughs> But, like, you finally get rid of, you know, him, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, that kind of group of quarterbacks that were so good for so long. Yeah. And kind of close the chapter on on a generation of quarterbacks. Yep, and now we wait for Aaron Rodgers to do the same. Um, <laughs> I also heard, like, a good comparison today. Like, we'll, never, we'll probably never see a quarterback like him again. No. You know? Just non-mobile <laughs> pocket, just dissecting everybody because that's what yeah. he is. I mean, he's a slow white Joe guy. Joe Burrow might be the closest thing towards that, but he's still he, pretty. Joe mobile. can run yeah. though. Like everybody can run now. Like if you're not, everybody runs like a four seven something four yeah. eight. Tom Brady runs like a five five. Speaking of Joe Burrow, <laughs> Joe Burrow was knocked out of the playoffs, so we do have a Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes, Red Raider legend, is heading back to his third Super Bowl. So he's definitely doing some statistical things and making the Super Bowl, and he's never missed the AFC Championship since he's been a starter. So uh, cool for him. But the Super Bowl will be you know next week, so we'll have a little bit more chance to kind of dive into that there. My final shot for this week, I have to go to basketball. Dustin and over the weekend, you know, Tech got their win in basketball and I was, you know, kicking my friend's ass in Mario Party and, you know, I, I took a look at the score. I, I was keeping track of the Lakers Celtics game it was close and it was going down to the wire. So I tuned in to watch the last play and LeBron James got fouled so bad on that play. The refs didn't call it. He was going up for what would have been the game winning layup and uh, missed the layup because of the foul. Um where Jason Tatum just came right down on his arm. Easiest, easiest yeah. call that you could probably ever have as an official. They missed it. LeBron threw a hissy fit. I will say it was pretty, it was pretty dramatic. Uh, but Le- LeBron is one for the dramatics. It also included a Pat Bev technical where he grabbed a camera to show the official just how fucked they are at their jobs. And um, <laughs> that led to a, one of the cr- funniest technicals you'll ever see. But I was listening to Levitard's show the other day, and uh, one of their stat of the days where he's just talking about how the Lakers had lost like four games over the span of a week where that were all pretty much decided by really bad officiating calls. And the Lakers currently sit in like 13th place in the West. If they had won those four games, they would have been in fourth place. That's how like, that's how congested the Western Conference is in the NBA right now that you could with like that's why these games are important that's why these officials getting these calls right is so important because the lakers lose that game that's a game that they could that they should have won and would have been very helpful yeah. but man there was like they did the two minute report and the the lakers mavs game like from a week ago there was seven missed calls in the final two, two minutes report. there was so many missed calls in the lakers celtics like officiating bro it's terrible right now yeah, and the Pat Bev thing was hilarious. All time. I mean, obviously, easy tech, but at that point, who cares? It's an all-time move. <laughs> but I wanted you to mention this to talk about not the foul, but the reaction and the temper tantrum yeah. to the foul. I mean, that was so over-the-top and excessive and dramatic. 
But that's Why? LeBron, man. He's Hollywood, Holy bro. Cow. It was even excessive for him, I think. Yeah. Like the the way he just like crumbled, like crying and flailing, and then fell down in like a fetal position on the at the free throw line for like thirty seconds. Like, dude. I get that it sucks, yeah. but like, man, I get that it sucks. Get it and it's gotta I'm suck like, for them because of they've had like four, you know, that's like four games that they've had changed by officiating. So it's probably like a culmination of all of that. And then like to have a game winning shot against the Celtics as a Laker is a big deal. So like that would have been a, yeah. that would have been a really cool moment for him. But I mean, that's the, my only knock on LeBron. I love, watching him play the only thing i'll ever knock him on is he, he does tend to be a little bit dramatic on these situations and it's like dial it back a little <laughs> bit a lot. But, um but you know i i get that frustration there but the other key thing about lebron is he is now less than 100 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record so he is closing in on that it should be within the next yeah. handful of games that he will be the all-time leading scorer in NBA history so that'll be cool so we'll probably be able to talk before that happens um and then you know of course after that happens but yeah I had to shout that out um four games taken away by officials officials they're just bad at all levels at all levels it's just really crazy especially on basketball i feel like I didn't have a lot of complaints football wise this year, although there was a lot of people complaining about that Chiefs Bengals game, some of the officiating calls there. But I feel like football, I haven't had as much of a gripe with it. But basketball this year has been pretty brutal. Jillian texted me the other day during the Indiana game. I think it was last night, actually. Um, I'm also a new Indiana fan, so I have a good team to root for during Tech's kind of down year. But she was like, Did y'all see your Big 12 refs up here? They're calling a lot of ticky-tack fouls. I go, huh? Sounds a little bit like us, but are they also inconsistent too? She goes, yep. I go, oh, yeah, that's ours. <laughs> that's that's how – they call it on one in the floor and then not yep, on the other in the floor? Yeah. Did they call – did they not call it in the first half and then all of a sudden start calling it? Hey, the speaking half? of that, speaking of refs, did you see – this came from around Twitter the other day. Goodman even had something on it. Hollywood Higgins' uh, travel schedule for the week – yeah, oh, I saw. No, I saw, I saw it. I saw it. I'm shaking. Oh, I'm shaking did. my head because I'm like, no wonder this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he has a game every night or like six nights out of the week, and it's across the yeah. country. He did have like two games on the West Coast back to back, which duh, make that happen. But everything else is like a new time zone out here, screwing everybody over. Literally, Hollywood Higgins. It's the Hollywood way. You can't get into Hollywood if you're only refing two or three games. A week, Dustin. You have to nope. do six. Got to do five you or do six. six. You um, can't. You can't get your own officiating movie if you're only doing two. You got to make sure you're doing one almost every game, every day of the week. That's the Hollywood Higgins way. That's the Hollywood Higgins way, man. Um, the only reason I like Hollywood Higgins is because we have that. Oh, here it is, name, Hollywood Higgins. <laughs> At Rutgers Tuesday at San Diego. So he flew across country for the next day. These are back to back days the whole time. Thursday at Oregon State. So he and stays in that time zone. Saturday at Stanford. So at least he stayed on the West Coast for all that and took Friday off. Sunday at Purdue. Monday at Texas. <laughs> That's all in a week's time. Six games, baby. God, that explains why maybe some of these refs are terrible is because they don't sleep at all. Flying cross country, 
the night before a game. Ugh. We need more refs. I, I, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what the solution is. My thing would be like to have an additional ref, like a fourth ref go. And he's not calling the game or anything. He's just on the sideline. And he's like watching Twitter. He's like watching the game. He's seeing the reactions. <laughs> and, and, and like if everybody, if both fan bases are like out here being like, this is terrible. He goes to the guys during one of those little TV timeouts. And he's like, Media guys, y'all are calling way too many fouls. Y'all way too many fouls. We got to dial it back. We got to dial it back a notch. And that, that that's my fix. I don't know. But that'll do it for, for us this week. Dustin, you got anything up? Lots of rest tangents there at a the end. A little officiating tangent. <laughs> that's brand new to this show. We love officiating. <laughs> hey, I got to work for ESPN over there, the weekend. Dun, 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 dun. Um, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, we hope y'all enjoyed listening to our Big 12 draft on uh, with the schedules some texas tech basketball victory and all of that good stuff finally nice to talk about wins uh and not a bunch of losses so that was all good to catch everything that we're doing here at tailgate talks please give us a follow on apple and on spotify give us those five star ratings and if you listen to us on apple we would appreciate it if you leave us a review also follow our social media accounts we are on twitter at tailgate underscore talks you can also find us on facebook and instagram and give that YouTube channel a follow to catch all we're doing here. We're posting many clips from each week's shows, drafts, all that good stuff will be posted there. So follow that YouTube channel. Once again, thanks for hanging out with us this week. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next. Peace.